All views expressed on the Open Book Partnership Graduate Podcast are personal, and nothing within it should be construed as advice or a recommendation. Hello and welcome to the Open Book Partnership Graduate Podcast. My name is Adam and I'll be your host today. In today's episode, we'll be looking at how to get a graduate role within the financial industry. Joining me today, we have Jake, Max and Harvey, as well as a very special guest from the Open Work Partnership Talent Acquisition Team, Sophie. Coming straight to you, Sophie. Firstly, thank you for joining us today. Could you just tell us a bit about yourself and what you do with the Open Work Partnership? Hi, yes. So I am Talent Acquisition Partner at the Open Work Partnership and my role is largely to hire experienced hires into our head office functions. Um, The main areas that I cover are operations and technology. But most recently, um, and as you guys will know, um, I've been looking after graduate and early careers recruitment, which is new to the Open Work Partnership. So that's the newer part of my role. That's great. Thank you for that. Um, That kind of brings me on to my first question, really, which is why did Open Work want graduates? And what do you think that they can provide not only to open work but the financial industry? So I think they wanted graduates for a number of reasons. Um, Firstly, the advisor population, as you will know, is an ageing population. Um, We need to bring in new talent, next generation of advisors into our network and what better way to do that by hiring some graduates. Um, I think there are a few other things um, regarding head office opportunities. So we want to bring new ways of thinking, certainly into areas such as technology. Technology is key to everything we do. We're still in transformation as a business and technology is absolutely key. So we want to ensure we're bringing the best possible new generation of talent into that as well. Also, I think during the pandemic that we've been going through over the last 12 months, we wanted to make sure that we could provide opportunity to graduates that were out in the marketplace. So there were some schemes that didn't go ahead last year from other organisations, and we wanted to make sure that we were doing all we could to provide opportunity. So for a number of reasons, those are the reasons why we wanted graduates, and hopefully it's worked well. No, definitely. I think that's really important for graduates as well because it is really difficult for myself I know I can speak and also for the rest of the call to actually find a graduate role um, I just want to throw that question over to you guys as well about how, what you think you can actually offer to the financial services industry as a whole and just open work as well yeah thank you Adam I think firstly it's a really exciting opportunity because obviously we're coming in with a fresh pair of eyes um, and learning within the industry means we can be kind of built up and moulded uh, in a certain way within the industry, which is very exciting. So I think that kind of education is is something that, that we can um, add in the future. Yeah, building on what Jake said, really, um, I was speaking to an advisor earlier and he actually explained it as having no baggage. So like we literally have no experience in the industry um, but that's a good thing because we're also not coming with any uh, sort of preconceptions of how something should be done. So there might be opportunities like, even for example, we're having to roll out concert where we might see it a different way that somebody who's been in the industry for a number of years does. And, it, and you know, it might be a more efficient way of working. So I think that's the sort of thing we can bring with us. And Sophie, just in terms of graduates coming into the industry, how could they improve their knowledge around the financial industry? And... Is that why the first three months of a programme was actually tailored towards improving that knowledge first? My advice to anybody that wants to get into the industry is 
ask questions of the people around you. You'll be surprised if you spend time looking at your, your own personal network, how many people you might know that will have a touch point with the financial services industry. They might have worked in financial services. They might be a financial advisor. They almost certainly will have taken some financial advice at some point. So there might be your family might have a financial advisor that they've renewed their mortgage with five times or whatever the case may be. You'll be surprised how many people you know. So my advice is to ask questions and that's how to get the real life experience from people and real life advice on this should be your approach. These are the things to consider. And um, I suspect we'll have some quite eye-opening stories about the industry that you perhaps might not have been aware of. So I think that's really key to have those conversations. Um, I also think um, it's a good idea to have a look at the CII and look at what's involved in terms of qualifications within our industry. So yes, you've been to uni. Yes, you've got an associated degree. You've joined us, but it's a long old road of qualification from there on in. So educate yourself around what that timeline looks like, what's involved with those exams. You know, how much time are you going to have to give to those? What does that look like? Um, so that would be my advice before, you know, making an application and making a decision on whether this would be the right industry for you. But yeah, I think that's been really important to us these first three months that that you guys have spent with us to ensure we are we are setting you up for success as you step into your roles of work. And as you start working with our advisors to understand as much as possible, gosh, it's a vast industry and we can't expect you to know everything overnight. So it's been an intensive three months, but you know, that's our responsibility to do that and support you with that. Um, but I think the key is ask questions, whether you, whether you're, it's before you apply, whether it's while you're here, just keep asking questions of the people around you in order to build that knowledge and continually build the knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of the CII that you mentioned, obviously, we've all just sat the R01 exam. Um, how did you guys find the R01? Um, do you feel like it actually improved your financial knowledge or was it more about just textbook stuff? Yeah, I think it, for me, it really kind of created, again, back to this foundation that, that we can build off. Um, a lot of it in R01 is that regulation knowledge, but it's something that you need to be able to go forward. Yeah, to be honest, I agree with Jake there. It's, it is that foundation, that building block R01. Um, I, it's a chunky textbook and there's a lot to take in. But now we're working in the field and we're talking to advisors on a daily basis. I'm so happy we've done it because we know so much more than we would have uh, at the start of the three months. It's definitely useful. But again, there's still five more modules and, uh, and then there's just as much information to learn. So there's loads, loads to learn. I'm going to move on now to the recruitment process and in particular, the actual way we got recruited all virtually. Now, obviously, due to um, the circumstances of COVID, we had to do things a bit different. And I just wanted to talk to Sophie about how that different recruitment process worked and how she felt that went. So it was a huge challenge, guys. There's nothing that beats meeting people face to face. So not only was this our first graduate scheme and our first graduate assessment process, but we couldn't do it face to face. So I think what's important for us is that you felt engaged in the process as early as possible. So we made sure that we did telephone calls with anybody that was of interest to us before we moved into any assessment. So any of our online tests, we wanted to talk to you first. Could you communicate? Were you, were you, did you sound right for the Open Work Partnership? Could we strike up a conversation? And we wanted to get to know you at that point. 
So that engagement from your side was really important. I think as we then stepped through the process, we tried to involve as many different people from the partnership as possible in order to provide as as well-rounded view um, of the partnership. Um, and those were people at, at all different levels. So some of our exec were involved, some of our senior leadership teams, some of our team leaders, um, a real blend. That was really important to us as well. Um, good old breakout rooms, you know, I, the, the technology didn't really fail us. We did have a few problems, but thanks to things like breakout rooms, we could do group tasks, we could do individual interviewing, we could have group rooms where everybody could just take a break and have a casual conversation. So we tried to recreate a face-to-face -face process as much as we could. Um, absolutely, moving forward, our priority for our next scheme will be to get people into to head office. Nothing beats that. And the thing that we missed was the, the more casual observations. So if we did lunch together, that's a great time to observe how people network, how do they hold themselves, what are their conversations, what questions are they asking? Those would be our, our priorities. Um, so absolutely, we plan to do things face to face next time, hopefully towards the end of this year, if, if the current situation allows. Um, and we want candidates to be able to have the experience of the open work partnership as they should so we're really proud of our head office it's really smart we've got some fantastic technology there we've got great working spaces that's part of our our um usp to you guys to say come and work for us you know this is what it's like so really important for us to welcome um the next scheme through the doors we hope um but from a virtual perspective, how in, how engaged did you guys feel in the process? Did it work well for you? One thing that really impressed me about the recruitment for Open Work, and I'm sure you guys had a similar experience, was how quickly I got responses. I submitted my initial application. I was told I had a phone interview not even 24 hours later. Did the phone interview, got sent the test 24 hours later, and it was just like that i don't think i waited more than 48 hours and that was definitely something that made me realize this is a company that actually cares this is a company that wants you to come and work for them applying for a lot of grad schemes you can wait weeks and months to hear back and you just you lose interest at that stage but with a company like open work when they are as you say engaging you getting in touch really quick keeping you updated then i think that really just brings brings the engagement of the candidate up and made it a really attractive company in terms of the actual um, assessment day, I think that was less stressful than traveling to an office. I know you said it's better for the office because you get to see these sort of the social cues and stuff, but definitely nice to wake up and be able to just turn your laptop on and have an assessment center rather than stressing on the way to the, on the, way to the interview. But <laughs> that might just be me. Just to stay on that point about the actual interview process, there was a lot of execu executives during the process, which you guys weren't aware of. Do you think if you guys knew they were executives, you would have maybe acted slightly different or maybe the same? I think obviously in an interview process, you do, you will act the same regardless. You know, you're there to make an impression. But one thing I did want to ask Sophie, was that a conscious decision not to tell us the execs were interviewing us? It, it was. Was there a reason for that? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a conscious decision. And I think, you know, there's a number of reasons for it. You know, if I if I introduce somebody as the CFO that's interviewing you, if it, if that was me, I would immediately feel more nervous, naturally. Um, but also, I think what's really important is that we've that we adopt a really inclusive process. 
Um, and there's a number of different ways we can do that. And conscious and unconscious bias is absolutely key to that. So if I tell you somebody's the CFO or the CEO or the COO, unconsciously you will act different so having said you would present yourself in the same in the same way I, I I don't necessarily think that's the case whether you're aware of it or not so um no everybody was to be treated exactly the same on that day all right I'm going to move on to the next question now, I think this is a question that a lot of people and a lot of graduates um, specifically will actually find really interesting and that is what do companies actually look for in graduates so when you're picking us out Sophie what is some of the things that you really look for and i think i have sent you a anonymous cv to have a look at as well so you can talk us through some of the things you think that are good and they are maybe not so good absolutely um so i can't i can't comment for companies but i can comment for the open work partnership um so i think what's important to us is who you are we don't mind which university you've been to but we do mind why you want to come and work for us. And we want to know something about you. So it's fantastic that you've all got these incredible degrees that you've worked so very hard for. And that is that is largely the point here. But we want to know what else there is about you. And that's what's absolutely key. So any experience that you've got, shout about it and be proud of it. We're not expecting people to come with reams of, you know, years and years of, of work experience in a corporate environment. But again, when you actually look at things that you've done whilst you've been at university, try to evidence those. So is that charity work? Is it voluntary work? Have you captained a sports team? Have you done a ski season? What have you done that shows us your life experience that adds to your degree so that's what was really important to us is that we looked at graduates but with some experience and and some of you came to us with a bit of work experience which was fantastic and some had really no work experience at all but other examples of situations that you'd been in that could show us that you could build relationships so what's absolutely key to your roles and to a number of roles um, within the partnership is that is that networking capability. And if we could see that you were capable of building a relationship, um, that was really important to us at that stage. Um, I think I personally think that the days of specific universities being singled out are, are numbered and that's absolutely not important to us. Um, for this particular scheme, we looked for candidates ideally with business, economics, maths, those sorts of degrees. But we didn't call it a deal breaker. And actually, you know, if somebody wants to come and talk to us and can really evidence why they want a career in financial services, then great, let's have a conversation. It's not degree specific. And sometimes, you know, people will gain life experience that will start to nurture new ideas around what they want to do as a career so you might not start out knowing you want to end up in financial services but you might arrive there so for us it's the whole picture I think that's absolutely key when it comes to presenting your CV as well I wouldn't like to comment how many CVs I've seen in my time I've seen lots of good but a huge amount of bad ones also um, consistency is the most important thing when you're writing your CV and that's not only in the information you're writing, that's in the font you use, that's in your grammar, that's in the sort of language you use. Um, keep it consistent. Keep it factual as well. So 
We want factual information that's easy for us to find and easy for us to read. If we've got a search for information in your CV, with the amount of CVs we're looking through on a grad scheme, the chances are that might not happen if it's difficult to find and in the next one it is. So rightly or wrongly, with the CV that you've sent me, Adam, when I open up that CV, absolutely everything I want to know about that candidate is in front of me. Name, degree, work experience, contact details, absolutely everything is on that initial page. So as a graduate, your CV probably only should be one page unless you've had a couple of jobs, two pages absolute maximum. There's no reason for it to be longer than that. And it just doesn't need to be chapter and verse, but shout out your successes and your experiences on there. Um, you know, if there's links to schemes you've been involved in or um, things that you've done at uni, sports clubs, whatever it might be, um, reference those on there, but keep it factual. The worst possible things to do are speak about yourself in the third person. Please don't do that. Um, please don't put photos on your CV either, because I'm sure that might be your best possible selfie, but it just encourages bias and we don't need to do that. When we're ready to meet you, then we'll have a look at what you look like. Um, but those are the key things that, and I think, lot, you know, lots of kind of waffle on there and talking about yourself isn't necessary. Keep it factual. Um, what's really important is that we, as I've already spoken about earlier, is that we are adopting an in inclusive recruitment process. Um, I would like to work to a point where we can anonymise CVs and encourage anonymised CVs. We're not quite there yet, but I absolutely want to get us to that point to ensure that our process is inclusive as possible. Um, I think on that, I've probably got a few points to make around... Um, diversity and inclusion when it comes to us reviewing CVs and reviewing applications as well. So for this particular grad scheme, we um, partnered with a couple of organisations just to ensure that we weren't involving bias in the language we were using in our adverts, in the areas that we were advertising and that we were reaching out to as wide a marketplace as possible. That's really important for us. But I think it's really important to incorporate that when you're writing your CV as well, to just think about you know, how am I presenting myself in, in as generic a way as possible? You know, we want to make sure that um, our opportunities are open to absolutely anybody, regardless of background, race, gender, situation. Um, we need to be in as inclusive as possible. So um, that's really, really important. No, absolutely. Those are some really important points and stuff that normally as graduates, you wouldn't really get an insight into because when you finish university, you don't normally get told how to write a CV, the way that companies look at it. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what you guys think about how you guys did your CVs. And if you think there's some of the points that Sophie said, maybe that you've missed out. I know, Jake, you might have included a picture on there of yourself, but um, if there's anything else. Not quite, Adam, not quite, not quite. I wanted to, I wanted to. I have a question for you, Sophie. Um, is including your LinkedIn profile the same as a photo? Or would you suggest doing that or not? That's a great question. I, I think for graduate hiring, don't include it. I think if we're talking about experienced hires, then yes, because actually you want to have a look at what somebody's history looks like. Quite often people will have endorsements or recommendations. I don't necessarily think it's important at, at grad scheme. But it actually, if you've been and had, you know, a couple of roles and you want to evidence those, then then perhaps it is. But I think anything that identifies you as a person and the way you look or what your background is should be steered away from.
just if I could follow on from that LinkedIn point, Sophie, I think it's a really interesting topic because the platform's got so big now with around 30 million companies on there and around 20 million job listings also on there. So I just wonder, from a graduate's point of view, we're always trying to get the maximum amount of engagement from employers as possible. So how do you feel about prospective candidates maybe following you and contacting you on there? I'm all for it. I'm a huge advocate of LinkedIn. It's how we do the lion's share of our direct recruitment. Um, I absolutely believe in the power of LinkedIn. What's impossible is for me to respond to everybody with the amount of requests that I get, but I will always accept requests. I think if you're if you're sending requests on LinkedIn, it gives you an option to add a note. Please add a note on there. Tell me who you are, why you want to connect. Then great, yeah, let's connect. Um, and I would always want as many people as possible to be, um, you know, following the Open Work Partnership page, but also my page and looking at what we're doing as an organisation, which starts to build a picture for the sort of organisation you're talking to. So, yes, absolutely. And I wish I could go back to everybody on LinkedIn that that messages me, um, but unfortunately not. But I'm a huge advocate of LinkedIn. And I think as graduates, how, mu- how much did you guys use LinkedIn before you were sort of applying? Is it something that's encouraged at uni or that you were given any education, like any educational information around? Personally, I wasn't. And it wasn't until we started here that I saw more of an emphasis put on it and I saw how beneficial it can be career-wise. Yeah, I think similar for me, really. It was just something off our own backs that we we would have gone and um, made. I don't think it was highlighted the importance of it, but since I'd encourage anyone who doesn't have one to get one going and build your profile. Yeah, definitely. I think the thing about LinkedIn that I noticed is when I applied to the Open Work Partnership, the amount of people from Open Work that viewed my profile. So I think it's quite important to make sure that your LinkedIn profile is up to date and does look good. Um, But moving away from graduates slightly, I wanted to ask you, Sophie, if maybe the Open Work Partnership is looking to look at other aspects of students, maybe some apprenticeships or anything else like that? Absolutely. Yes, we are. And those conversations and and planning for those schemes is absolutely pretty much happening as we speak. So we intend to run another graduate scheme with the same sort of timing as when you guys joined. So that'll be towards the end of this year. And as I've said, we hope we can welcome people face to face, but it will be a similar sort of scheme. And what we're also talking about and very keen to start is a school leavers programme. So a lot of our um, peer organisations, competitors will run internships, apprentice schemes. We want to do something slightly different and we feel quite strongly that Locally to our head office in the southwest, there are a number of fantastic schools, colleges where there were limited opportunities for those school leavers. Um, so we're pulling together some ideas around a program. It's not finalised, but um, I hope that the plan will be that we can pull together a group of individuals from across the business. Perhaps some of you could get involved and we'll go out to some local schools, colleges um, and give some talks around what a career in financial advice looks like, um, what a career in financial services in, in general looks like and, and what those opportunities would look like for school leavers. So um, that's something that I feel really passionate about. Um, and then over the next couple of years, we'll start to develop our graduate scheme um, to be a, a longer, more rotational grad scheme. We'll change things as we as we go along. Um, so absolutely, it's all in the plans and all being looked at and definitely something to kind of watch this space for more info on. 
No, that does sound really exciting, especially the school leavers aspect as well, because I know a lot of students that do leave school, they, I think, having the opportunity to get into the financial industry at that stage would be really beneficial to them. And that's all we have time for today. A big thank you to our graduates, Jake, Max and Harvey, and also our special guest, Sophie, for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in and see you in the next one. All views expressed in the Open Work Partnership Graduate Podcast are personal, and nothing within it should be construed as advice or recommendation.